Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're systematically discovering what the Scripture teaches regarding theological topics that sometimes feel like they're a bit tough to fully understand. Today, we're going to be continuing our study of the Doctrine of the Atonement, and we'll be specifically looking at the topic of propitiation. But just before we jump in, Pastor Jeff, let's remind everyone about our episode notes, sometimes called show notes. These are prepared and out there for just about every podcast we do. They're prepared with our kitchen table theologian friends in mind to be a corollary help as they dive deeper into the doctrine and theology of the Christian faith. Yeah, we've got a team of friends, uh, kitchen table theologians, and by the way, Hi, welcome back. Uh, They help us with this, and the episode notes can be a real benefit to anybody listening. We summarize the podcast broadcast for you, link you to any resources we've mentioned. We do a breakdown of what we've talked about, and we link that of various topics that we talk about to the time that's in the podcast. So you can fast forward if you see something particularly you want to hear us talk about. You want to review something, you'll find it a little bit easier that way. We also include tweetable or Instagrammable quotes, the Bible verses we mentioned. Uh, There's a link to my website, jeffcranston.com, where there is a plethora of additional resourcing for you, our listeners, which leads us to the question of Jen, how do we find those episode notes? Well, they're on your website. They're on the website. Pastorjeff.com. Wherever we're listening, wherever you're listening from, uh, whatever, what do you call it? Platform. Platform. You just scroll down and you'll see the episode notes for, for every podcast right there. Great. So make sure you check them out. We hope that they'll assist you as you discover more and more about the Christian faith. And speaking of discovering more on today's podcast, we're going to tackle a word. I love to say this word, <laughs> but it's a concept that we believe many of us know very little about, but it's something incredible in its meaning and its scope. And it all centers around this word propitiation. Pastor Jeff, how about getting us started with this one? I love that you like saying propitiation. I do. Because we had good. a word a few seasons ago on the podcast. I can't remember what the word was. Oh, I remember. What was the I word? Remember. Help me It was out. omnipotent, and I read it as omnipotent, <laughs> and I'll never live it down ever again. I think you're going to, if you don't inscribe it on my tombstone, you're at least going to leave a note there I, for me. I didn't me. do that to embarrass you. I really couldn't. Re- I, I could remember there was a word, but I couldn't remember what Oh, that's what it was. Omnipotent. All right, but we're we're all good on propitiation. We are. I like propitiation. That's just rolling off your tongue. <laughs> well, let's begin. Maybe an illustration will, will help us here when we start talking about the word propitiation. Think with me for a moment of a married man. I don't think any of us are going to have any problem with this little story. And as married men are prone to do, he's made a mistake. He has not only angered his wife, he has offended his wife. He has said something completely stupid something he shouldn't have said, or perhaps he's done something he shouldn't have done. Are any of us having any trouble envisioning this, okay? He's on his way home. He pulls up to an intersection, and as he does, he spies someone on the side of the street selling roses. 
the light bulb goes on over his head when he sees the roses. And before the light turns from red to green, he pulls out his wallet, shoves $20 through the window, grabs a bunch of roses, puts them on the seat beside him. He goes straight home. He's very proud of himself, gets out of the car. He goes inside. And before his wife can say one word to him, he thrusts the flowers into her hands, gives her a big hug and a kiss. She smiles. She melts a little bit. He hopes. <laughs> and the offerings of the flowers has turned away the wrath of his wife. And that is precisely what we're going to talk about today. What that husband did is called propitiation. That's a doctrine we all can understand, and we have all practiced it one way or another throughout our lives. And I think we may have been on one side or the other of that story. Yeah, you've probably received the roses. <laughs> Actually, my husband knows me well enough that he would have it would be roses. changed out the dishes in the dishwasher and maybe started a load of laundry and then Or giving that's... you a thousand dollar gift certificate to Michael's or Oh yeah, Hobby Lobby yeah or to get my craft on. Get your craft yep. on. <laughs> well, it is a relatable story and propitiation isn't necessarily a word that's regular in conversation. No. My girl Jamie and I don't talk about it at the hair salon. No. We don't get together and have coffee and say, friends, let's talk about propitiation today. But it it is something that's important. It's not a popular topic of conversation, but it's important to the Christian faith cannot be overstated. It's so vitally important, and we know so little about it. So that's the reason we do Kitchen Table Theology. You know, J.I. Packer, he wrote a classic book called Knowing God, We'll link that in the episode notes. Ask this question in, in the book. He says, has the word propitiation any place in your Christianity? What a great question. Mm. Has the word propitiation any place in your Christianity? It does, whether we know it or not. Propitiation is a, a rare word, a word, you know, like you said, we don't use it in conversation. And yet when you come to the pages of the New Testament, you discover that the word propitiation is a key word. It's in the New Testament, about six times in various forms relating to the effects of the work of Jesus on the cross. So before we get into all of this, let's just stop and define this word. Can you do that for us? Yeah, gladly. Here's, here's what it means. Propitiation, or to propitiate, means a wrath-removing sacrifice. It means to turn away wrath by offering a gift just like that husband did with his wife and the flowers. In ancient Greece, the word sometimes was used in a pagan religious ceremony, and they would offer animals for blood sacrifice. I mean, the Hebrews did that too. It's often been used, the, the word across, you know, whether it's been in Christian theology or Jewish theology or even in pagan beliefs, the idea of appeasing an angry God and you, you bring an offering and you place it before, you know, the Greeks would bring an offering, place it before an idol because you thought or they thought that that idol was angry at them, that that God, small g God, was angry at them. And they hope by giving food, uh, flowers. I've, I've seen these offerings in uh, India that are offered to appease gods. There's flowers there. There's fruit there. And if you thought they were extremely angry at you, Sometimes it would be a, a blood sacrifice given in the hopes that the anger, that the wrath of that God had would be turned away. 
but we don't really do that. So let yeah. me let me ask my question then. I feel like you haven't asked this question. I feel in a like while. I haven't asked it in a while, and it's it's burning in my soul. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Isn't this something that should be discussed at a Bible college or a seminary? What could all of this possibly have to do with us? Well, we don't talk about the wrath of God. We don't. It's scary. Let me get to an answer with a true story. In 2013, so not that long ago, a major mainline denominational hymn committee. As soon as you hear the word committee, you know you're going to be in trouble. You, mm. you know what a committee? My favorite definition of a of a camel is a, a horse that was created by a committee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting a, a vision of what a hymn committee looks like, like oh, what the individuals on I, the committee looks like, what they're wearing. I've got yeah, a, I've got a pretty strong yeah, you, visual. You in my should head. probably stick with this. Anyhow, this is a major <laughs> mainline denominational hymn committee. I'm not going to mention the name of the denomination, but we all we all would know it. They struck the hymn titled "In Christ Alone" from their hymnal. Now that song was written in 2001 by Stuart Townend. And uh, Keith Getty, pretty well-known names, extremely popular song in Christian churches. And the story of the hymn being taken out of the hymnal made the social media rounds because it's another watering down of the gospel by a denomination which is increasingly distancing itself from the gospel. So why did they remove the song from their hymnal? It was because of one line of lyric. And here, here's the line. On that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. The denominational hymn committee contacted those two men, Stuart and Keith, and they sought permission to change that line to one that they, the denomination, preferred more. And they wanted to change it to, on that cross, as Jesus died, the love of God was magnified. So what's the big deal? You're you're quite so what? Well, it's a big deal because we're talking about foundational Christian doctrine there. There's an old Latin phrase that the reformers used and it it's irum de placare and it meant to placate the wrath of God. And that encapsulates the traditional Christian belief that Jesus Christ on the cross his blood sacrifice satisfied God's wrath against sinners. So we find that teaching in Scripture where we read Christ has made propitiation for his people, turning the Father's wrath away from us. The wrath of God, unfortunately, has become a foreign concept to us today because many in the 21st century church do not believe that God displays wrath, let alone gets angry. I mean, we like our God to be loving, kind, gentle. Dr. R.C. Sproul writes this, If the Lord did not get angry at sin, we could not affirm the other biblical teachings about His righteousness, goodness, or holiness. If He was not wrathful toward the unjust, these character traits would be hollow indeed. So what did the hymn writer Stuart and Keith say to the denomination? No dice, and good for them. Mm, They said, nope, you're not touching that line, and the hymn was removed from the hymnal. So here's why all this matters, kitchen table theologians. When we tinker with and we seek to change the meaning of the gospel, everything goes into decline. A truncated gospel 
when we denuded of its meaning and its substance, is no gospel at all. For where we are as a culture right now, repeat that sentence. When we seek to change the meaning of the gospel. Everything goes into decline. So a truncated gospel, in other words, a gospel that we remove parts from. We pick and choose what we like and don't Mm -hmm. like. So when we truncate the gospel, we denude it of its meaning. We denude it of its substance. We remove uh, the most important parts. I mean, you, you can't, if you remove any part of the gospel, you begin to destroy the the me- meaning and message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes no gospel at all at the end. Mm-hmm. And I've been praying through this, just where we burdened with where we are as a as a culture, where we are as a as a people. And this element of atonement, propitiation, has really spoken to me. And in preparing for today's podcast, looking at different translations, a lot of them don't include this word, propitiation. And I think it is because that we don't like anything that has to do with wrath. And this is kind of involved in, it's a big part of propitiation. We don't like that concept of God. As you mentioned, we like the warm, fuzzy, cuddly, grandfathered version of God come, you know. I'm waiting for the word sprinkles to come in with here. With sparkles. Sprinkles. Sparkles. <laughs> sparkles. Sprinkles was Angela's cat. <laughs> that's, that's right, it was. And bandit. <laughs> But wrath, it's just that word. It makes us extremely uncomfortable, doesn't it? It does, but we ignore it at our own peril. Uh, There's a real thing called the wrath of God. The wrath has to be applied, and something or someone had to absorb that wrath. And if we understand the doctrine of propitiation, we understand that we serve and know and love a God with wrath. His wrath has to be satisfied upon something, upon an object. And in Christian theology, it's his son, the Lord Jesus, in order that the Father can be appeased for his wrath. And I know that in some of today's translations, the word atonement is being used in place of the word propitiation. Yeah, if you just if you go online and you pull up... Um, you know, a bunch of parallel, there's there's websites where you can read parallel versions. You know, you might pull up five versions of the same verse, mm-hmm. and you pull up the ones that say propitiation, and you start reading through different translations. You're starting to see the word atonement. And honestly, before we dove into this subject, I probably would have said the same thing. I mean, one you know, word is like, as good as yeah, any other, it's, right? it's just the same. But as we have really explored this, we discussed atonement in our last podcast, and we discovered that it has a meaning of covering, that our sin has been covered. And it's a beautiful word. I love the word atonement as well. <laughs> but these two words, atonement and propitiation, really aren't the same. They certainly are not. And uh, kitchen table theologian, if you're using a Bible that has done that theological switcheroo, I would encourage you to start reading in another translation. And you did a bonus podcast on Bible translations. I did, too, didn't you? It, it should be. There I don't remember the, which one, but it wasn't it that long be, ago. But it should be there in the show notes somewhere. We'll or put the it. Archives. Okay. Well, we'll do that. We'll <laughs> we'll make sure that happens. So yeah, you you know, Jen, we we don't want to envision a God with wrath and and that wrath satisfied on His Son Jesus. It's messy. It's bloody. It's heart wrenching. We have a hard enough time envisioning Abraham on top of a mountain with a knife in his hand, ready to slaughter his own son, had not the angel stopped him. 
We we don't like thinking about that sort of thing. That's not the story we read the kids before we tuck them in at night, you know. Propitiation points us to a violent death. It's not pretty. It's ugly. It's the wrath of God unmitigated. It's fully poured out. It's the totality of the cup of the wrath of God there. We see it on the cross. And it is absolutely and totally satisfied, though, upon the person of his son. Mm -hmm. So that's a big concept. So can you break some of all of this down into kind of some little nutshells for yeah. us today so we can gather them up in our hands. Yeah, so let's let's do it this way. We'll do a little Q&A, you and I. Whew. Very <laughs> simple. In the grand scheme of things, as it relates to the sin of mankind, quiz question number one, Jen, who is the offended party? We have sinned, so who is the offended party? God is the offended party. And kitchen table theologian, you answer along with Jen, and I know you got that 100% right. So yeah, God is the offended party. If there's any satisfaction of wrath to be had here, any payment to be made, any wrath satisfied, then that has to be directed toward God because he's the one who's offended. And he's offended because he is holy, holy, holy. We talked about this early on in, in the Kitchen Table Theology podcast, the only attribute of God in Scripture that's repeated three times. Okay, first question, who's the offended party? God. Second question, who has offended him? We have. We're, we're the ones who have offended him because of our sin. Absolutely correct. All right, so watch this now. We, we get a change a little bit. <laughs> who paid the penalty? He did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did. It's it's really incredible. God paid himself. God is satisfying his own wrath in himself. God is supplying the means for his own satisfaction to his own wrath against sin. We we are not doing something in order to appease God's wrath. God has appeased himself in the person of Christ, and he's free to do so. We you know, we think, "Well, wait a second. Well, look, what does the psalmist say? God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases, right? Propitiation, something we don't spend a lot of time on, is the very center hub of the gospel. You lose propitiation, you lose the gospel. You have no gospel left. And, and this is disturbing to me that we don't talk about it as much as we should. This is not empirical data, okay? I don't have a scientific survey study. <laughs> this is just my own semi-belief here. I could line 10 ministers up from across the theological spectrum and ask them to define propitiation, and the definitions you will hear will be astounding. Quite frankly, they might be all over the map to some extent. So kitchen table theologian, let me ask you, what answer would you give now if you were asked the meaning of propitiation? I hope by now, this far into the podcast, you would give a good, solid biblical answer somewhere along the lines of propitiation is a wrath-appeasing gift or a sacrifice. That's what it is. It's very succinct, so that is a good thing to really commit to memory. Where propitiation is Jesus appeasing the wrath of God against sin, in a nutshell. And not being able to, not being afraid to say that word, wrath. 
you know, just no. putting it out there. Yeah. Well, we mentioned some Bible verses earlier, so let's read a couple here. Hebrews two seventeen says it like this. Therefore, he, or Jesus, had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Yeah, so this word, unlike atonement in the New Testament, we talked about last podcast, atonement is not a word you see in the New Testament except for one time. But here we see it more than once in the New Testament, propitiation. So you just read out of Hebrews, and you read through the book of Hebrews, and there we learn, we're taught, that the blood of bulls and goats are not sufficient to deal with our sin issue. We needed something greater than an animal. And so Jesus Christ himself becomes what? The lamb, right? The lamb of God. And he not only becomes the lamb of God, he becomes the high priest not only atoning for our sins as the Jewish high priest did for the people of Israel, but Jesus as the high priest as a lamb, he's the propitiation for us all across the board there. So he goes to the cross, he receives the wrath of God in order that you and I do not receive it and we can go free. You know, there's another beautiful verse about this. The Apostle John says in 1 John 2, 2, and he himself, again, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. That's a beautiful verse. Mm-hmm. John John says Jesus is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. He He's saying that if any person in the entirety of this globe, past, present, and future, is to have their sins, the wrath of God, turned away from them, they will have to come to Christ because there is not any other way. There is no one else. He and He alone is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. So Buddha can't do it. And all the crystals in the world that you hang off of your rear view mirror, and your, they're, they're not a sufficient propitiation for your sins in mind. The Dalai Lama is not going to save the day. And, and higher powers, whatever they might be, and karma and all of that stuff is not going to work because there's only one who has satisfied the wrath of God. Let me share with you three truths just to summarize the effects of propitiation real quick, and then we'll end. Number one, because Christ died, God's justice is now satisfied. That's, that's part of propitiation. Secondly, because Christ died, God's wrath has now been turned away. The price for our sin has been paid. And thirdly, because Christ died, God's mercy is now freely available to anyone who wants it. Well, as always, today's podcast gives us a lot to think about and, goodness, a lot to be thankful for. And we are, like most of the time here at Kitchen Table Theology, only scratching the surface. But we do hope it gives you a good place to start to understand further and deeper the importance of this incredible doctrine of the propitiation Jesus Christ provided for us. So once again, thanks for joining us. And as we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. We certainly enjoy it. And we hope that our time together today has helped you become a better kitchen table theologian. Our next podcast will be on the doctrine of redemption. And our next podcast is going to be our 50th. 50th. And so we're going to celebrate a little bit more. Woo! 
what is the 50th anniversary? What do you give somebody on gold? Is it? it gold? I think it's gold. I expect, I expect gold. gold. <laughs> How about I buy myself something gold and you buy yourself and we'll call it even. <laughs> Well, we hope you'll join us for that landmark podcast, the 50th podcast that we'll do. And do check out today's show notes. Leave us a rating and review if you haven't already. And we hope to see you next time right here on Kitchen Table Theology. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.